America. We are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Star Wars Summit by Summit, episode 2,999. It's the final Andor Monday prior to the release of the Andor series, and we're going to talk about the Rogue One novelization and a couple of things we learn about Cassian and company as a result. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So if you've been following along with us on this Andor Monday's journey as we've been running up to the series and in some cases it's gone beyond Mondays and lasted all week long, you know that we have been looking at stories in which Cassian appears, in which Mon Mothma appears, Saw Gerrera, and so on and so forth, and looking for insights into the characters as we are going to meet them in the Andor series. And there are only a couple more stories that we haven't looked at. One of them is the Rogue One novelization. The other is the mighty Chewbacca and the Forest of Fear in which, yes, Cassian and K2 appear. So we may look at that one of these days, but the Rogue One novelization seems like the one that is most applicable to what we're going to be seeing in the Andor series. It's also comparatively a very fast read. So Alexander Freed is the guy who did the novelization for this. He, of course, is the writer of the spectacular Alphabet Squadron trilogy and the Battlefront Twilight Company novel. And I'll say that the novelization is not as complex as, say, the Alphabet Squadron novels or the Battlefront Twilight Company novel. It's very much a straight retelling with only a couple of bonus scenes. Like, for example, there's a scene with Galen and Orson on the shuttle after he picks up, after Orson picks Galen up from Lamu and has killed Lyra. And there's some fascinating asides that include chains of email conversations, which will eventually result in Orson Krennic approving the change in the Death Star plans that puts the flaw inside of the Death Star. And there are also things from Mon Mothma's personal files. So there's a Rebel Intelligence update, and I think it could potentially bear on stuff we might see in the Andor series, whether in Season 1 or Season 2. So she is doing a report that says it's taking place after the conscription of Galen Erso by Orson Krennic. This is 13 years later, so Rogue One time. And she says, there's no hard evidence of an interplanetary engineering project consuming Imperial resources, and that remains the bottom line since our investigation began, yet they consider the information insufficient and the situation grave. And she says, major tactical deployments of Imperial forces to strategically insignificant worlds continue on Jeddah, Patrim, P-A-T-R-I-I-M, Edu, Horus, and 12 others of note. Frequent communications blackouts make analysis of these deployments exceedingly difficult, and we strongly suspect our list is neither accurate nor complete. Nonetheless, we know that a majority of the worlds in question contain facilities for resource harvesting, manufacturing, or scientific research and development. More recently, we've learned that several of these worlds share a set of non-standard security protocols far exceeding the imperial norm. 
Now, it would also make sense that where the empire is doing this harvesting and manufacturing would be in the outer rim because it would be far away from the prying eyes of the Senate, and that puts it squarely in the world of the Andor series as described by Tony Gilroy and the rest of the cast. So that's one thing that I thought was worth sharing with you. Another thing has to do with how Cassian holds some competing thoughts in his head. For example, hearing the direction from Mon Mothma to capture Galen Erso and bring him to the Senate versus having General Draven say, yeah, forget what you heard in there, extraction's not an option. You see him, you kill him. And even though he seems a bit troubled by this, and as we watch the movie, he seems to become increasingly troubled by it, the novel has some internal narrative from Cassian about this where it says the contradiction between Mon Mothma's orders and those of General Draven uh, did not trouble Cassian. The notion of bringing Galen Urso to a Senate hearing of exposing the Empire's planet killer of creating such an uproar inside the civilian government that the Senate would move openly against the Galactic Empire was absurd on the face of it according to Cassian's reckoning. And he goes on to think to himself that Mothma desired a leveraged detente, a political solution made possible through rebel military action that was, to General Draven as well as Cassian, self-evidently impossible. And so, they, he says, they're right, no peaceful transfer of power could occur, yet Mon Mothma is an idealist. Cassian suspected she wanted a Senate hearing, not because she thought it would work, but because she felt obligated to try. And then it finishes by saying, Cassian admired Mothma. Galen Erso's assassination would free her from the obligation of a doomed peace effort. And as far as Cassian's reflections on Saw Gerrera, Cassian thinks to himself after they've had battle in Jeddah City, he says, you know, could Saw Gerrera put aside bad blood in the face of a planet killer? It seemed madness to have to ask, but by all accounts, the rift between Saw and the Alliance was profound, nurtured by years of bitterness that had curdled into violence, and Saw Gerrera was not a man who knew how to forgive. And that makes me revisit a question that we've kind of touched on a little bit, and we've also kind of danced around a bit too, which is, how much interaction are we going to see between these characters? Are we actually going to see Mon Mothma interacting with Saw? Are we gonna to get to see Mon Mothma interacting with Cassian? I feel like that first question, I think we might see some interaction because Luthen is interacting with both Mon Mothma and with Saw Gerrera, so one would imagine that there's going to be some contact between the two of them during this first season. As far as Cassian and Mon Mothma, I don't know because I feel like Cassian is going to be operating, you know, so deeply in the muck of the spy saboteur assassin situation that Mon Mothma may not actually meet him until, wouldn't it be fun and funny, <laughs> sort of, if they finally meet each other at the very end of season one and she gets to see, oh, who's been this person behind the scenes that Luthen had worked with who's being so helpful to us and helping us get this rebellion going. You know, Mon Mothma meet Cassie Nandor, Cassie Nandor meet Mon Mothma. And the last thing about Cassian that I want to flag for your attention, at least for this first part of the Rogue One novelization, has to do with his evaluation of Jin. There's a moment in Saw Gerrera's headquarters where in the novelization, Cassian actually reflects to himself that Jin is now expendable. They got to Saw Gerrera's folks and they got the pilot and they found out about Idu, so there's no need for him to worry about Jin anymore. And yet he does. He considers the fact that with Tivik, the informant on the Ring of Kefrain, that he just you know shot him without hesitation. 
but with Jin it's different and he reflects that she dominated his thinking or the narrative says she dominated his thinking nonetheless Cassian believed neither pity nor pragmatism explained it and then he goes on to think maybe it was the need he'd seen in Jin the fire that carried her through the fighting in the holy quarter it seemed obscene to leave that need unanswered abandoned to the dust and actually the Department of Corrections is letting me know that that reflection doesn't take place while he's in Saw's headquarters. It actually takes place on the way to Saw's headquarters. So at that point, he doesn't know whether Saw has the pilot in hand. He doesn't know about Edu or anything like that. He's already considering the possibility that she's expendable and yet he doesn't. But then when she sees or when she's just broken on the floor of Saw's catacombs after she's seen the message from Galen Erso, he kind of has his hesitations there and thinks, yeah, that fire is not there anymore, but he goes ahead and rescues her anyway. So I'm wondering how we're going to see this manifest with Cassian as we see him in the Andor series. Is he going to be you know, looking at people in terms of their fire, their passion, their dedication, or you know, if they're just committed to <laughs> misery and suffering and are going to be more problematic for him in some way? I mean, Jin obviously was going to be problematic for him one way or the other, but he decided that, nope, there's something about her that I have to you know, help in the situation. And so it'll be interesting to see how Cassian makes these very complex and potentially similar kinds of decisions as we meet him in the Andor series and as he becomes the person that we eventually meet in Rogue One. So we're through about 40% of the Rogue One novelization thanks to the very romantic way that Kindle describes the page count and we'll check out the rest a little bit later this week. But for now, that is going to do it for this episode of the show and it just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.